Welcome everyone to Awaken the Possibilities. I'm your host, Terry Wildeman, and today we have an exciting, juicy show. I have a really good friend who's here, someone who I admire greatly and has spoken around the world, specifically on causes related to women. So I'd like to introduce my amazing guest, Pat Duckworth and read her wonderful little bio, 150 words, read her bio, which will tell you a lot about where we're gonna be going today. So Pat Duckworth is a woman's health, women's, not women's, women's health strategist who specializes in advising businesses and organizations who are committed to supporting women colleagues at menopause in the workplace. She brings to this role over 30 years experience working in the public sector at senior management levels and 10 years as a therapist and a coach. She has written four books, including the award-winning Hot Women Cool Solutions. I can already feel the, 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 the ice pack on my head. <laughs> Pat and I have had a lot of fun in the past, especially... The first time I met her in person, we were on our way to a conference in Fort Lauderdale, and she asked me to pick her up. Okay, where's the conference? Fort Lauderdale. Where was I? In Coral Gables, Florida, literally 10 minutes from the Miami airport. But for some reason, and we still haven't figured it out yet, I'm thinking she's going into the Fort Lauderdale airport. So, how many times did I call you, Pat? Oh, lost count. <laughs> calling and calling, and she's telling me what she's wearing, and I'm driving around the parking lot going, where is she? And all of a sudden, this light bulb went off. I'm like, Pat, what airport are you in? <laughs> one by Fort Lauderdale. I went, okay, are you in the, my, that's what it was. The one by Fort Lauderdale. And I'm like, are you at the Miami International Airport? And you walked around and you saw a sign or something and you said, I am. <laughs> so back to Miami I go. Luckily we didn't have a lot of traffic because sometimes I can take 45 minutes and I picked up this beautiful woman wearing exactly what she described in the medium <laughs> and away we went to a great conference oh that was funny and that was how we met Miami no there is not one airport in that area folks there's <laughs> Miami airport and Fort Lauderdale <laughs> and I was very grateful to be picked up oh it was funny it was fun, and we had such a great time. We really did. It was an auspicious start, I will say that, to what has become a wonderful relationship. So, Pat, one of the things that I know about you is you care so much for people. You are this compassionate, caring soul, um, really right up there with uh, some folks that I've met who are in, you know, you're a rock star. That, that's all I'm going to say. You are a flaming rock star. And when I, I remember the first time I heard you talk about menopause and women in business, I'm like, hmm? what? Um, 
can you share with us why it's important for business owners, corporate, and leaders to understand what happens with women in menopause and how it affects them in the workplace and or in business? Whoa, that's such a big question. Where do I begin? I think it begins with the numbers. Okay. Uh, because businesses love the numbers and there are more women over 50 in the workplace than ever before. And it is the growing demographic in the workplace. So just by way of numbers, it's important to think, are we looking after these women? And if we go back to, well, probably 20 years ago when there was a whole thing about if we're looking after women in the workplace, we have to think about maternity leave and looking after them during pregnancy because we don't want to lose women that we spent a lot of time training and, you know, getting, getting experience and knowledge. We don't want to lose them when they have their children. So businesses wised up to it. And instead of thinking that women were a liability, if they were going to have children, they started to see we need to get them back into the workplace after they've had their children. So the maternity leave thing started. But there's a whole different part of this life cycle with women. There's the stage that we get to when we're in our mid 40s, our bodies start to go, hello, you know, something's beginning to change. We start to get symptoms. And not all women get the symptoms, but 75% do. And of that 75%, a good 25% experience frequent and intense symptoms. These are big yeah. numbers. They um, are. And, the, and if you're not sleeping well, feeling anxious, losing confidence, if you're starting to get hot flushes in meetings, you're not going to perform as well as you did. So I'm going, to, I'm, I'm going to pose a challenging question here. I'm a man, a single man, because if it's a married man and he's married to somebody in our age group, he already knows what's going on. <laughs> a single man who doesn't get it. Okay. Yeah. Or a single one or, or a woman, a young yeah. woman. I mean, it doesn't have to be a man. It can be women who don't get it either. Yeah. Um, and why is it important for them to really listen to this? I heard what you said about the meeting and, and getting the hot flashes. And, and I myself, um, I went through menopause very, very early uh, because I had a, I mean, all those parts were taken out. Yeah. Okay. I was in my late 30s. All right. So I, I went through what we call surgical menopause. Yeah. Which a lot of women go through. I'm sitting at meetings and, and, and I'll be just be sitting there and all of a sudden my kids call it the, in the, uh, the deer in the headlights look, they could always tell because my eyes would get real big. <laughs> I was sitting there, mm. my, what was it? They called it. Um, mom is, it was hysterical. Now I can't remember now, now that we're on the show. Um, it wasn't just a hot flash. My mom's having a, a It'll come back to me. <laughs> anyway. Well, so some people call it a power surge. The what? A power surge or power a personal summer. Power surge. That's what it was. Mom's having a power surge. <laughs> and I would always say to them, and get out of my way because this power is going to explode. <laughs> That's what it was. It was a power surge. Thank you for that. 
Um, so why do these people who just don't get it, why do they need to get it? It's all that, so, so many reasons. Firstly is the whole question of well-being in the, in the workplace. Yeah. And it's recognizing that people at different stages of their life need different support. So yeah. it might be if you're a young man, you might have a bit of anxiety or you might go into low mood or depression and you need help through it. It's not going to last forever. And if you get supported, you'll be a really good supporter of that business. Absolutely. Yeah. And uh, so it's recognizing at different stages of our lives, if we want to have a diverse workplace, if we want to have women, men of all ages contributing, putting in their knowledge and their wisdom, we have to create the right atmosphere for it. And if we create a culture where people can be listened to, that is open to listening to people, that is a very good culture for a business. It's the way ideas come forward. It's where innovation takes place because people feel comfortable with expressing themselves. And if you're looking after people, looking after their well-being, they're going to give a lot more to that business. Right. And the business is going to thrive with it. So say I'm a woman, and this is going to be a little bit of a challenging question. I'm a woman sitting at a meeting with five men. Yeah. Okay. And all of a sudden the deer in the head like looks comes on and I'm dripping. Yeah. The guys don't know what to do. Yeah. What would you, what advice do you give them and the woman who's going through menopause? So it really depends on the culture in that organization or, you know, it could happen if they're a meeting in somebody else's organization. For the woman, it's about making sure you've got a plentiful supply of cold water so you can have a drink of cold water and cool yourself down. It's about not thinking that everybody's looking at you and judging you. Uh, it's being ready to reply to people if they do make a comment. But for most people, they want you to be okay because they want to hear what you've got to say in that meeting. So for the men, it's just about not embarrassing the woman, but they might pour her a drink of water and pass it over. Or they might say, is there anything I can do for you? It, it's not embarrassing her. It's not putting a, the spotlight on her. It's just being there and being supportive. If you're in an organization that acknowledges all of this, it's so much easier to say, could you just excuse me for a moment? I just need to have a drink or I just need to step yeah. outside for a moment. And that's the culture of the organization. It's fine. And let's not forget that some men get hot flushes. Yes, they do. Yes, they do. Because and they can get hot flashes from all kinds of physical challenges. Mm. Yeah. So uh, they can get them, there's something called andropause, which is the, the male version of menopause. And it's just a reflection of what's going on with the hormones in their bodies as they go into that sort of, into, if I say the men are going into decline, you know what I mean? Their hormones are reducing. And so they, you can get hot flushes from it. Or they mm. might just be, you know, they might have some medical condition that gives rise to it. So we're human, we're not perfect. And it's about acknowledging each other as human beings and what we can do to support each other so we can all give our best. That's absolutely brilliant answer. And of course, it only takes a few minutes for the hot flash to hit. 
you know, it hits you on the side of the head and you go through it and then you freeze. So <laughs> then you get yeah. really cold. Yeah. Well, particularly at night when it's duvet on, duvet off, duvet on, duvet that's off. Absolutely. Yeah, that's my, that's my world. Uh, <laughs> and, you know, uh, I, I often say, you know, I travel to Florida a lot, as you know. Uh, and I'll be walking through the streets when it gets, you know, when it's really hot and then a hot flash hits and it's like, you gotta be kidding me, God, really? <laughs> but then when you're up North and it's freezing cold, where are the hot flashes for crying out loud? <laughs> so, I mean, one thing I would say, if you're a woman who experiences hot flushes and you're going into a meeting, don't have a cup of coffee before you go in there. Don't have a hot drink. Don't yeah. have a cookie. You know, the caffeine, the sugar, they heat your system up. So, so smart. Self-care, you know. And that's the word, self-care. Yeah. Um, extreme self-care is critical because when we take care of our when we take care of ourselves first, it's not just about us. We are demonstrating, especially as leaders, as business owners, as business women, we are demonstrating to those around us the importance of caring for ourselves. And that's what leaders do. They Absolutely. take care of themselves first because when they take care of themselves, they're there for everybody else. And they're setting a good example. They're good role models. This is what taking care of yourself looks like so that the people that they're leading can learn from that example. If you're not taking care of yourself, how can you expect other people to do, do something good when they're looking at you and thinking, well, is she going to look down on me because I'm, I'm taking care of myself because she's not doing it. It's got to be a good role model. That is challenging. When you have a, a manager or a senior person who doesn't take care of themselves yeah. and you do what you just spoke about can be a challenge. Can you talk about that a little bit more, Pat? Yeah, and I can talk about it from personal uh, as a personal example because I used to work in a big government department. Um, it was open plan, hot desking. You had to get there in the morning and grab your seat, you know, because it was a bit musical chairs. Some days the seats ran out. And I had a boss who was a very difficult person to work for. And uh, the organisation itself was supportive of self-care there was a, a gym down in the basement. Nice. And so I used to bring my gym kit in and a couple of times a week I would go down to the gym. And as I would walk past his desk with my gym kit in my lunch break, I would get the look. I would think, I don't care about the look. This is about me keeping myself well and my team knowing that I do this. Because I was a buffer between him and his style and the team and what I wanted, how I wanted them to be. So this can be, you know, the jam in the sandwich, really, you know, that you've got somebody above you who's not setting a good example. That doesn't mean that that's what you have to pass on to your team. You can be the one who says, no, this is how we behave. You know, we take a lunch break, you go to the gym, you take care of yourself. Uh, once a month, somebody used to come in and do massage sessions. If you want a massage session, book yourself a massage session, because that way they're going to be, they're going to be more responsive to me. They're going to give me the support that I need. And if I'm not getting it from above, then 
I need to have a nice atmosphere around me. So yeah, don't think just because somebody above you isn't that pleasant, that that's what you need to pass down to people below you. No, act as a buffer and be that leader who can say, no, this is how we behave. What happens though, when that manager uses your self-care as a weapon against you? And it can happen. Um, in, fact, <laughs> in fact, this same person, when I asked for feedback, um, said to me, why do you want feedback? And I said, hmm, well, because I like to know how you feel I'm doing in the role. Uh, the next sentences are the important ones. He said, okay, you're obviously good with people, but so what? I was a manager. <laughs> I thought it was part of my job description. So yeah, it did make it very uncomfortable because I knew I was doing a good job and I was turning in the results that were required I just had to be able to absorb this negativity coming from above me so that the people that worked for me could do the job that they needed to do. So I'm not saying it's comfortable, but I couldn't not be me because that would have been a really horrible place for me to be. And it would have been horrible for everybody beneath me. Wow. Intense. So, you know, from personal experience, what it's like, Absolutely. I know what it's like to be in that place where you're really not getting the example that you need to see. So is it uh, one of the things that I find uh, in the workplace, and we're both trainers, um, the behavior that you just spoke about, um, I find that when managers or leaders are very task focused people, they're so focused on the task. It's task, 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 do, 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 do. They forget that it's people who are actually creating those tasks. Mm. And if the manager cares for people, those tasks are going to be done beautifully. However, if the manager doesn't give a damn about the people, only about productivity and perfection, which doesn't exist. And you and I both know that. Mm. Do you find that the quality of work in those situations um, is as good as the quality of work when a manager cares for their people? It just can't be because if somebody's not being cared for, they care less about their work. They're yes. going to put in work that is substandard because it's good enough. I'll do the job that's good enough. Mm -hmm. But if you're working for somebody you respect and uh, who you admire, you want to show them the best of you. Yes. And to get the best out of people as a leader, you have to show them your best so that they can give you their best. And Absolutely. that's what I've found is that, you know, people that I've worked with, and they'll share ideas, they'll be more open. If you're in that critical environment of somebody who's just task, 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 you might have really good ideas about how, how it could be done better, or mm -hmm. you know, just little improvements in the office that would be really good. But you might not be willing to share them, firstly, because you're not sure how they're gonna be received. 
And secondly, because you think, is that person deserving of my good ideas? Mm. Do they deserve to hear what I've got to say when they're the person that they are? Whereas if I respect somebody and admire somebody and I feel comfortable with them, then I'm more likely to make myself vulnerable by putting my ideas out there. And it is that vulnerability in the workplace of, well, you know, I've got this idea, but I don't want to be laughed at. I don't want somebody to go, well, that's stupid. Or when, you know, that's not how we do things here. You want people to feel, well, if I've had a good idea, if there's something I've seen that could be improvement, if there's something I've seen in a system that's going wrong, uh, I don't want to make my boss look stupid. But if the boss is open, you can say, would you know this system doesn't work the way you think it does? And then it's okay. So it's creating that atmosphere that can be diverse, that can be open, where people can make themselves a bit vulnerable in order to share all the wisdom that they have. And that, can, and that vulnerability can truly only happen when there is a culture of what I call thrill leadership, which is trust, yeah. honor, respect, integrity, loyalty, and love of fellow man. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. So, Pat, I'd like to... Um, inch back a little bit and um, ask what if the leader is a menopausal woman? We're talking about men, you know, but what happens when the leader is a menopausal woman and there's a true fear uh, and resistance? Let me use the word resistance uh. of being vulnerable and honoring where she is at at the moment. Can you address that? So this is a situation, and it happens quite a bit, in which that woman with all her wisdom and knowledge goes from that organization because she doesn't feel supported. She doesn't feel able to talk about it. She can't share that vulnerability. And a really high percentage of women in that situation consider leaving their job or leave their job so they might feel that it's time to leave a corporate um, position and go and work for themselves or to do something that's less of a strain because they just don't feel well enough to do the job that they were doing also i think i'm going a little bit off topic here but some of those women they get to that point where they reach a tipping point and think is this what I always wanted to do? Where am I now? And if I feel like this and the people around me aren't respectful, did I really want to do something else? And so a lot of women make that decision to jump ship and go and do something completely different. And it might be, you know, a new career. So it might be setting up for themselves, becoming an entrepreneur. It might be something community-based or charity-based because they actually want to fulfill a purpose that they haven't been able to fulfill through their job. So I'm going to shift a tiny bit. And that was very much in, you know, that, that comment was perfect. Western society looks at menopause, looks, looks at older women who are going through menopause. They tend to look down on them. Mm. Whereas our indigenous cultures, look at women who've gone through menopause. They revere them and uh, they call them wise women. 
That's the, the crone ceremonies. You know, the word crone comes from the word crown. Mm. So when you really think about it, our, those women who have gone through menopause, when they go through a croning, quote unquote, ceremony, um, they're being crowned for their wisdom. What do you think it's going to take for us as wise women when we reach that point to be able to own it and understand that these career shifts, you're talking about the possibility of a career shift, going into business for yourself, going into a different career. And some people say, well, I'm just going to retire. I don't like to use the word retire. I like um, re-inspire. Mm. You know, you're using, you're doing something that re-inspires you where you take all of that wisdom with you to elevate yourself your customers, your family, and the people around you. So I, I'm curious, uh, Pat, about your perspective on the different cultures and addressing the wise women um, that walk among us. Yeah, I think this is something that's been neglected. We think about menopause as um, just a very short period of time. You know, mm -hmm. you go through menopause, you know, periods stop. Um, but actually... I, I heard the phrase, I heard the words liminal space um, a couple of years ago, and I thought, oh, menopause is liminal space. It's a time between two parts of your life. It's mm -hmm. not a five-minute wonder. This mm. is a period of time where you can start to acknowledge that time has passed, that you've reached a new stage of your life. When you were a teenager, you were going through a massive change, but, you know, whatever you're a teenager but now you've probably had 45 50 years of your life and you know if you're lucky you might get another 45 50 but you know that's that's on the, the broad side of it and now you've got this chance as your body's changing as your hormones are changing as your actual identity of yourself so you've gone from being this fertility goddess into the wise woman and there is some loss that's associated in that space, the loss of that role, but there's a lot to be gained from the other side of it. So accepting that this is a time of change, that it's not just five minutes, it might be five or 10 years that you're going through this time and reassessing who you are, what your identity is on the other side of this. And that's a really crucial point. If I've, you know, if I've, had children and they don't need me as much anymore. <coughs> Take the moment. Well, welcome back. Sorry about that. Yours truly had this little coughing spell come over me because Pat said a few things and my body reacted. And this, by the way, if any, if anything like this ever happens to you, please know that the body knows before the brain does. The body knows before the brain does. And we cut after I uh, couldn't keep going um, because I had to, first of all, clear it out. I couldn't keep talking. And she was able to ask some powerful words, uh, powerful questions that allowed me to figure out why I was responding so um, intensely to the questions that she was asking. And it's really important because... 
we as women who are going through menopause, this is a powerful time for us to make certain decisions that are going to affect a lot of people in our lives. So Pat, you did an amazing job talking me through that because that hit out of nowhere. And you had mentioned something about you were feeling the shift. Can you talk more about that? Yes, as I was talking about it, I could feel the power of what I was saying about this stage of life being so transformational, mm -hmm. that it's not just uh, any other period of your life, this liminal space where something is changing. And that I could feel the power of it as I was talking about it. And then you started to respond to it and started to cough and, and something needed to come out. There were words that needed to come out and that's what we were able to explore. So it, it really started with me talking about this change of identity, the identity that you had before you went into menopause of being a fertility goddess and, you know, having all of that younger stuff going on and being a, a carer to your children. And then the other side of it, who are you? What is your identity that side? What does it mean to be the wise woman? And there are so many negative words associated with it, but it's finding the power in it because we're, on, we're one of only two species that have a menopause. There's us and two species of whales. That's it. And so Is it whales? Yes, whales. Really? A, yeah, because it's felt that there's a, a survival premium around having females who aren't reproductive, who are the grandmothers. And the grandmothers have the experience, the wisdom of their lives to be able to support the next generation coming through. And if you look at the way whales live their lives, they live it in those pods with grandmother yeah. whales being with the mothers and the baby whales. So it, it's about that, you know, the real premium around having wise women in your clan who can then help the younger ones and actually help everybody to thrive as well as survive. That is so cool. <laughs> I had no idea about the whales. <laughs> that is really, really cool. The thing is though, Pat, do you not think that it has to do with our culture and as we look at aging women? I mean, so many companies and, and aging men, also, mm -hmm. so many companies have just tossed people aside because of the fear of them getting sick or this and that, you know. It breaks my heart mm -hmm. to see that because these people have such wisdom to offer. What are your thoughts on that? So I think we have a responsibility ourselves, as we've talked about, to do the self-care and to keep ourselves well. People can get ill at any stage in their lives. It's not their okay. fault, but we need to take our own personal responsibility for keeping ourselves well, for keeping ourselves in that space of growth rather than fear. You know, as you get older, if you go into fear and contraction, you're not going to be attractive to employers. If you stay in growth, so you're always looking to develop and to develop your ideas, and I'm gonna keep saying your wisdom and your knowledge, you're a really valuable resource. And if uh, an employer ignores that, well, you know, 
that is kind of their problem because you can take that outside of that business and develop your your own business so mm -hmm. i think it's partly the responsibility of the organizations to recognize to look at the research around diversity and why it's so important and there's a responsibility on ourselves to keep ourselves well to keep ourselves in growth and development so that we are such a valuable resource to ourselves and to others that we don't get overlooked. Well, Pat, this has been a phenomenal uh, interview. And I always adore interviewing you. You've, you know, this is my third podcast. You've been a guest on, on all three of them and you are just a delight and a wealth of information. Uh, I just want to thank you so much for being here and sharing your wisdom with the Awaken the Possibilities audience. Can you tell us, did, did you bring a free gift uh, for the audience? Well, um, if you go to, so my first book about menopause was called Hot Women Cool Solutions. And there's a hotwomencoolsolutions.com website. And there's a whole bunch of free gifts there. There is a sign up on the right hand side of the screen. There's uh, things to do with becoming an entrepreneur. There's lots of recordings to help you deal with the hot flushes and the weight gain. And, you know, as a hypnotherapist, as one of the modalities that I use, there's some, there's some lovely visualizations. Just go and grab them. Brilliant. Thank you so much. You are so caring and loving and, and so wise. <laughs> I'm embracing the wise woman. <laughs> and what would you say to your, what is the last thing you'd like to leave with your audience that you would say to your younger self? Um, firstly, I would thank her so much because she set that platform for me to be able to do what I'm doing now. So I would just like to say a really big thank you to her for the work that she did, for the, for the education, for the development that she did that's allowed me to be the woman I am today. So my biggest message back to her is thank you so much. There you go. Thank you, Pat. And to the Awaken the Possibilities audience, thank you so much for being here. It is my joy and my pleasure to be able to bring you amazing people like Pat Duckworth, to be able to share their knowledge and their wisdom to help you awaken the possibilities in your life and your business. I'm your host, Terry Wildeman, and I look forward to seeing you next time. To your success.